0: Welcome to the We're Talking Drums Podcast with your hosts, Derek Doucette and Corey Hoffe.
1: This week's episode of We're Talking Drums is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one drumstick manufacturer. With 22 models to choose from, you can get the right size, weight, and feel for your playing. Los Cabos drumsticks. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. We are now over 30 episodes into this podcast, having some of the most amazing conversations about drums with some of the most amazing drummers that this land has to offer. We greatly appreciate the support that you guys are giving us. Uh, everybody who's picked up some merch, uh, tanks, shirts, hoodies, c- coffee mugs. Thank you very much. We uh, we really, really appreciate it. If you want to support us a little further, don't forget, share our episodes with your friends. And uh, please tag us in your Instagram stories, your Facebook posts, all that jazz. We are at we're talking drums and you know we we love getting tagged in posts and we we love seeing that you guys are uh, are listening and and commenting on our episodes so thank you very much if you haven't yet please please go like our facebook page and follow us on instagram we do have several Awesome giveaways from Los Cabos Drumsticks as well as Attack drum heads, coming up soon. So please go follow us on there and uh, make sure you stay up to date and enter these contests when they pop up because we will be having more and more of them as the year continues to go by. All right. This week, I sat down with a very, very special guest. He has played for some massive acts, including the mighty Three Inches of Blood. And now he currently resides as the throne holder in Revocation. My guest this week is Ash Pearson. He hails from Vancouver, British Columbia, and we had an absolutely killer chat I was uh, very thankful and lucky to to have Ash on to to sit down for this talk, and uh, I really, really hope that we can do it again soon. But for now, I give to you my conversation with Ash Pearson of Revocation. Ash Pearson, welcome to the show. Uh, how you doing today, man? Very well,
0: thank you very much. I'm uh, in Vancouver, Canada, and uh, the weather was pretty cloudy today, and I totally dig that because it was nice and cool, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's really beautiful here right now, summertime. Uh, the date today is July 21st, 2021, so we had a heat spell. Um, it since has passed, and it's like it's gotten a little more mild, uh, thank goodness, so yeah, it's it's just gorgeous summertime weather here right now.
1: Yeah man, you guys got hit hard. I saw like some of my uh my buddies out that way and stuff were just like filling bins with water, just like soaking mm-hmm. in them and like it, yeah. it got fucking hot out there, man. I heard on the radio today they said that
0: there's over 8 that there's over 800 active wildfires in BC alone.
1: Holy shit, man.
0: Um, that's a lot of wildfires.
1: Yeah, yeah. and a good buddy of mine is actually uh trekking out. He uh he bought a van and he's he's just like um I don't he's not even playing shows or anything. Like he's um he's just traveling out to BC. Uh uh-huh. and then I don't know what he's gonna do from there, but he's pretty much yeah. uh in the mountains right now. So hopefully he doesn't get caught up in any of these wildfires. I know it's it's seasonal though like it happens all the time, but it's, every year seems to get worse and worse and worse.
0: It's true. It does. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, mm. it's craziness, man. Here, it, dude, it was absolutely beautiful. Here, I will say it was a little, a little uh, hot, but uh, we we've been getting a lot of rain recently, so which is odd. Usually, it's Vancouver who gets all the rain, right? But
0: uh, yeah, not as much in the summer. But I'm I'm jealous of the rain that you're getting right now.
1: Yeah, well, dude, mm. we needed it. We uh, we had like probably a good month with hardly any rain here. And I'm yeah. on well water, man. So like we're we gotta like watch when we're showering and stuff like yeah. that. Cause we could actually run out of water here. Yeah, so wow. Yeah, it can it can get scary. Like last summer's uh it was pretty hot and not a whole lot of rain. So it was yeah, it was scary for a bit. But it's nice that we actually we had some rain for once. The flowers are nice and in bloom and you know, now we're getting some nicer weather, so most of the time, I'm stuck down here just uh, tracking drums and stuff, anyways. So, I don't. Yeah, it looks like you got a good setup there. Yeah, dude, it's not bad. Like, uh, low ceilings. But uh, other than that, uh, it works. I've mm-hmm. recorded this past weekend, I recorded uh, an album for my friend's band uh, Unbowed. Uh, and uh, I did a couple other things uh, the last couple weeks for one for. A band from Long Island, um yeah. which will be coming out I think in the fall or something. They're on a Japanese label or something. I don't know. Cool. But uh yeah, yeah. Definitely doing some some fun session stuff here. And you know, that's good for uh, you. Honestly, that's the only thing that kept me uh alive through this pandemic, man. Uh <laughs> I uh, mm-hmm. I I hit the booze really hard, and I decided to go sober last uh, June, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, like, going crazy, so I just, like, got into the, like, recording world as much as possible, right? Yeah. And started recording myself and learning mixing and everything like that, because I needed something to occupy my time to keep me from fucking uh, going back to the booze, so... Yeah. Yeah, man. How uh how was this pandemic for you? How did what got you through all this uh kind of craziness? Um I mean, I don't know, I have a pretty good home life. I've I've been
0: with the same uh the same girl for about fifteen years. So it was actually a good, really good uh break uh to have. You know, we had finished our touring cycle for uh the outer ones and uh we pff- you know, we, we go pretty hard. So it was good. It was good to just actually be at home and have a reason to be home and everything like that. And, um, you know, it, I got, yeah, I got to see friends and family. Um, well not like as much as I would have liked to, but I mean, her and I, it was really nice to just be home. And then, um, you know, I, I have like a teaching gig at home and I still, and I do like a work on film and television and stuff like that. Um, so that's what I was doing work wise. And then like music wise, I, I play in like four, five or six different bands or something like that. So I, I got like, I got a full plate of, uh, of projects to be working on. So I would just like drum and like exercise and, you know, I'd have fun and, and everything, uh, not really much traveling, but I had just had like a, you know, several years. I mean, really like many years of, of travel behind me. And so it was good to have a bit of a break.
1: Yeah, man. Um, That's excellent, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you guys got really lucky in that uh, category where it's like you just finished an album cycle and you're going to take some mm-hmm. time off anyways. Yeah. So it was like perfect scenario. And then I, uh, I just saw that as things start opening up here, you guys managed to get back into the studio to uh, mm-hmm. record your next record. Um, yeah. So you... Well, went out uh, Boston way to mm-hmm. record uh, at Brick Hit House Studios. Um, yeah. And how? What was that uh, process like? was it any different than the the last uh, revocation record as far as writing goes? Because there was there wasn't really a way for you to like get in the jam space with those guys, or is that how you usually do it? Where they'll just send material over um like pre-studio sessions and the
0: the main i I think the main difference was that we weren't able to just uh practice it in a room together um Mm -hmm. you usually you know the only real difference is like before we would go out on tours we would play new songs like you know Maybe we'd like write a couple songs like in a in a subsequent like three month period or something like that. Um, like Dave would just write some shit and then I'd learn it and then we'd play it in a room together before we went out on a tour. So we'd have like a week worth of jamming. We'd like run through the set we're gonna play and then we'd and then we'd work on some new music as well. And uh, and we'd sort of like do a bit more of a slow drip. Uh, of, of that kind of way of working through the material. Uh, But again, in a room, but there's, uh, yeah, we just didn't really have much of a chance to do that, to do that this time. So we, we did that with a few of the songs we had had a chance to play like a couple new songs in a room together. We just did a lot of file sharing, you know I mean? Dave, Dave would send me shit and then him and I would Skype and then we would uh, we would talk like about each part of the song and like, you know, where should the snare go? You know, is there double kick happening here? Like, is there blast beats happening? What's, what's going on? And then I would sit um, and then I, so I'd re- record all of our Skype sessions and then I'd go through afterwards. And then I'd sort of go through part by part. And then uh, all the verbalizing that we did on like what should go where I would just try and like act out on the drums and record it down you know and engineer all that shit myself or whatever and then um and then just like build build like a drum demo and then send it to him and then we'd skype again he's like he's like yeah this is sounding good this is uh a little bit off you know you're missing this here you know i kind of would like to hear this so there's no like drum programming going on it's all just like discussion really um and that's that's more or less always been the way that we've wrote music uh especially not living in the same city together.
1: Yeah. Cause I know that can be, be very difficult. Uh, and I, I've worked with bands in the past too, where it kind of went that way. But for the most part, you always, it always feels so much better to be in the same room and be able to jam out the songs uh, yeah. a, and feel that energy and see, cause sometimes uh, shit will just like click or somebody will have an idea in the moment and, that will just, like, change the whole, like, everything to do with with that part. Um mm-hmm. But in the day and age we live in, man, and especially for a band like uh, Revocation and how you guys are, are seasoned musicians, been around long enough, and you know what's kind of going to work, what's going to not. And so I guess that, like, whole file sharing back and forth, you kind of know what the feeling's going to be in the end anyways and then how it's going to translate uh once you get into the studio and everything so
0: yeah yeah it would it would be preferable to at least play some of this stuff you know in a room together um and it is it it it, it is good to do that but you know for us we we would just do it we did a whole bunch of different versions like a whole bunch of drafts you know yeah. what i mean and yeah, then yeah. And then also we would just – we just allowed like extra time in the studio, like an extra couple days type of thing so we could actually, um, you know, work out some stuff on the spot and try out some stuff on the spot, you know, Mm. and and see what like what's the better – What's the better version of this part? And uh, I thought we did a pretty good job of it this time around. I'm really looking forward to uh, for people to hear hear how it sounds. But you know, Dave and I were were very critical of like a lot of like the drum parts. And um, you know, we're like, oh, you know, we already did this. You know, we are we already did like like a, a rolling tom part. You know, we've already done it like two times on this record. You know, let's either scrap the part altogether or let's do something different. You know, so we we're being fairly mindful of the actual orchestration of uh, of what we were doing, and uh, so I think it's going to come off as sounding pretty like I don't know, just like like fresh, you know, as, as it were, because we're not just like up to the same old tricks, you know. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, I will say I love those old tricks, man. The Outer ones, um, mm-hmm. that album, like, and I'll I'll be completely honest with you, man. I've never been like a massive revocation fan. I, I always mm-hmm. enjoyed them. Uh, great guys. I know I've uh, hung out with some of the dudes in the past. Um, mm-hmm. They're good friends with the battle cross guys. So our, our paths yeah. and cross and, and stuff. So um, it, um, but when I first listened to that record, it immediately grabbed me and I was yeah. like, start to finish. Uh, and I, honestly i i'll say man i think the the drums on that record uh writing wise and production wise uh mm-hmm. it was just like everything seemed to like glue together and like the drums were that that perfect foundation to push everything forward and like yeah. i don't know that that album really uh really got me man I, I listened to it nonstop, uh like it was uh fantastic so i am I am beyond excited to hear this new record and, and what you guys have done um that's awesome thank you appreciate <laughs> it
0: yeah and I, I know I know the battle cross guys too actually that's where I first met the revocation guys when I when I used to play drums in three inches of blood it was it was us and three it was uh, three inches was open and we were main support for death angel and then it was revocation and then it was battle cross
1: oh um, shit right on yeah. maybe yeah maybe uh I have met you before then because uh, I definitely remember that show in Toronto. Uh, and I, I mm-hmm. every time, uh, like I'm super close with the Battlecross guys and we've done mm-hmm. several like small little runs together and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, yeah, those guys are great. Yeah, awesome guys. And mm-hmm. I just saw that they announced some shows for the first time in oh like many, many years. So hopefully awesome. a new record's coming from them as well. So, that's great yeah pretty pretty exciting stuff man uh, anyway yeah, this this isn't about them <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you've had a pretty uh, busy couple years uh, with new record um, and, and everything but also I, I saw that you did a MIDI sample pack for tune tracks yeah. Um. Do you want to uh, talk about that a little bit, how that kind of came to be and, and what it's all about? can't remember where I first,
0: when I first got in touch with those guys or I think, I think initially TuneTrack track had written an article on me. Um, you know, I think I, I might've reached out to one of them and they were just, they were like, Hey, Deed, would you like to, uh, you know, uh, contribute, you know, we'll, we could write an article on you uh, and, you know, how you use, um, you know, drum samples and and superior drum program and all that stuff, because I, I, I did use it and do use it. And so that's kind of how the relationship started. It started off like they were, they wrote an article on me where I would talk about, you know, like, the, the virtues of, uh you know, the like elect- electronic drums and, and whatever and the, the, the way you can utilize it for programming and stuff like that and even for demoing and like whatever the hell. And then uh, I might have hit them up and been like, hey, like, you know, you know, if, if you if you're down, I'm down to do a MIDI thing because, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I play lots of different time signatures and, and styles and whatever. And like, you know, what do you think? And they were down you know, I think, I think they, um, they had like some metal month, uh, type of, type of a thing going on in in November and I probably hit them up in like May or something like that. So it's, it uh, sort of timed out, uh, well to have a, a product, uh, launch. So, um, normally you would, you would maybe fly to like, uh, Chicago to where they are and you'd go do it at a studio and whatnot. But, we didn't have that luxury just with the uh, you know the lockdowns and all that stuff so I just did it all at my at, at my home uh on my electronic drums and then I would just record beats um uh midi beats and whatever just on my actual kit and uh and then just like ship them off the midi and uh you know basic man, it was like maybe like 10 or 12 no it was maybe more than that it was like 12 or 14 Different like songs worth of uh drum parts all in like different time signatures, you know seven eight seven four five eight four four twelve eight, you know that <laughs> kind of stuff, and uh I thought it turned out really good, yeah,
1: yeah, man like i got, I was checking out that uh that little uh sample video and and mm. interview thing uh that uh Dean Lamb did there, and uh Yep. Dude, everything sounds uh sounds super cool and I like how it just you can integrate certain parts with different samples and everything and these MIDI packs uh are are a super cool idea um just because you kind of you can get the feel and groove of some of your favorite drummers, yep, right? 100%. So, yeah. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, that you had one there, I was like, oh man, I gotta I gotta check this out. Cause you definitely have a unique style and approach to playing uh kind of uh, I, I guess a modern metal uh yeah. in, in a modern metal band. So uh yeah. I man, it's super cool. And for everybody out there, um Ash Pearson's MIDI drum pack for from Tune Tracks is on sale right now for twenty-three. 23- mm. US dollars so if you yeah. want to go pick that up it is on sale get it while you can uh, 21st century metal drums Ash Pearson go check that out mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah we're not getting paid by tune tracks to say that or anything just go <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just, at the moment yeah just go get it um, <laughs> all right there's a couple couple questions I wanted to ask you about yeah um, we we have our, our first episode that we did is called On Stage Disasters, and we like to ask our guests about their uh, one moment in their career that uh, stands out that mm-hmm. everything went wrong on stage, or one little thing went wrong, but like the worst moment that you had on stage, whether it be gear failure or you're too drunk to play or like just like the, <laughs> the worst time that you had on stage.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, when I was first like playing shows, you know, I, I fell off a of stage one time. Um, and I, I, I didn't hurt myself, but I definitely v- easily could have hurt myself pretty good. And, um, uh, geez, I think we were in, I, I want to say we were in Italy somewhere and um, might've been the UK and just like all, all the power on the stage just like completely turned off, you know, just like we were like, oh, yeah. I don't know, running too hot, blue breakers, you know, it, like it, it couldn't handle the power. So we just stopped in the middle of the show. And I just like, I don't know, got off my drums and we all went out back. We were about like halfway through and I was just hanging out. you know, I was, I was pretty, I was calm about the whole thing. I mean, there wasn't really much I could do anyways, but um, I don't know, the power got back on. It was like, um, you know, it, and, and it was all, it was all fine. Um, I haven't had too many like straight up disasters or anything like, um, uh, I mean, you know, maybe like, Uh, forgetting forgetting a part uh i mean i don't really forget parts but i you know i would definitely like you know flub flub some parts or something like that or you know sometimes the china symbol likes to likes to uh shift a little bit to the right as you play it and then eventually fall off the stage and i think one time it like ripped my in-ears out of my head type of thing and oh shit um you know so there's all there's all like little things like that but like you know i i, I will not uh, classify them as disasters necessarily but uh definitely didn't like di- definitely didn't elevate the playing experience uh, <laughs> i know that <laughs> yeah. so yeah there's yeah. speaking
1: of uh china symbols walking away on you uh when i was playing the the rickshaw uh, a couple years <laughs> oh, oh, back yeah. yep. um yeah. my i had a china on the left and, and it was a rental kit we just like flew in for the one festival that they they did there and they <laughs> Uh I was hitting the china on the left and there's a photographer right there and it just com- it just flew off the drum riser and yeah. luckily she didn't get hit or anything and she was there so she actually picked it up and like put it back on for me but like yeah. it was like inches from her face. Uh <laughs> which is why yeah. I always like to use a drum rack cuz it's not going to mm-hmm. walk away on you, you know. Yeah. And uh, also another part of uh, those stories is when I was playing in Italy. I don't know if it's something with uh, Italy's power issues, but our Maybe. our uh, our guitar tech actually had to like rewire one of the plugs because it hmm. wasn't working, and it was like one of the only on-stage power that we had. Or there was like yeah. a like a crazy ground issue. Like th- there was a lot to go on with that show that like did not go well. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah <laughs> dude, he had to like rewire it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Italy's like power. They just got issues with it. I don't know but yeah, uh, yeah. that's kind of
0: when, when you're churning out that much voltage for for a for a rock concert you know what i mean there's definitely there's limitations to a lot of casual clubs you know they're just oh just the definitely is, man right? yeah.
1: yeah uh especially <laughs> fuck we, we had a pretty decent uh light system that was brought when we were touring with uh Ailstorm. they had like mm-hmm. their own lighting rig on top of the one in the venues and everything so it's Yeah, it was a it was a small place too. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun. I I miss Europe. I really really do. Uh, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You're me me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah, Europe's Europe's
1: great. Europe's always a fun time. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, man. um, If there was one piece of gear on your kit that Mm -hmm. you couldn't play without, um, Mm -hmm. say you had to do a, a drum share for the for a whole tour, but you could only bring one of your own kit. Do you have mm-hmm. one piece that you would uh make sure that you brought like one cymbal or one drum or anything like that
0: Oh well you know uh I mean that's kind of a tough question to answer i mean uh, a yeah. s you know everything's so on drums there is some of its parts right so uh, i mean yeah you know maybe like a Ch- like a chad smith holy china 19 inch would be one of them uh, a good snare drum really uh, ultimately uh, i th- i would have to say a good snare drum would be one of those things um
1: anyone specific that uh, that you have that you just you it, hold dear to your heart um well uh, you yeah, know
0: like ta- like a I got a Tama um sound lab percussion um nickel plated uh brass I think it is uh six and a half by 14 I mean that's that's the snare drum that I use it's a good one and it's got a big strainer on it so you know that's uh that's what I like um you know if you don't have a good snare drum sound uh at least to me you know every I know that but some some people make uh make like janky stuff sound really good, you know, but I just, I like a good snare drum. It makes it like inspires me to want to play well, you know? And then, um, and then geez, the little hi-hat attach attachment. So if you got like two kick drums, you know, you gotta have the, uh, the hi-hat attachment thing. So you can like move, collapse the, the hi-hat legs and like, and, and, um, like fasten it to your left bass drum, you know, that little attachment. Um, uh, that thing's very helpful.
1: I've never I, gone that route of things. I always, I just have a two-legged stand, and I get it as mm-hmm. I can get it into a rough position that feels good. Yeah. Uh, and I usually, I just got a new uh, kit, a um, Mapex Saturn with only two rack tones, but I usually have three. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having my hi hat a little further back into the left is like only like that's the only place I could put it. So. Um, right yeah but even with the I I've always been curious if uh, it felt better if it was uh, attached to it and closer but man I, I yeah. just that's never been an issue uh, with my setup so yeah yeah I could never do yeah. a three-legged hi-hat stand though ever yeah like yeah, 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 no yeah. not happening exactly <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so yeah that that probably be you know I'd say a good snare drum uh, would would definitely be one of that one of those you know
1: Oh yeah, yeah, dude. You need you need a good snare drum. Um, now, I no matter where I go, I usually fly with a snare drum. I'll take the heads off and fill it with like shirts or something. So literally, it's just mm-hmm. the shell and put it in with my luggage or whatever. So yeah. like always, I always take my snare. Um, I just recently got a Mapex Blaster snare. It's a thirteen by seven, but I think mm-hmm. I. I would, uh, I'd still take a, a fourteen-inch snare. I think it has to yeah. be fourteen for for going on the road, uh, mm-hmm. especially playing metal. Uh, the thirteen's great, and it gives a nice variation to my snare collection. I love mm-hmm. it, but uh, no, no, going on the road, man, you need a nice a nice fourteen-inch, and uh, I, the one I use is a pork pie, fourteen by seven. Uh, yep, and it's just yeah, nice deep. That's a, it's
0: a. It's a good size. Thirteen by seven is a good size too. Like the Joey Jordison um snare drum, for example, mm-hmm. is a as a thirteen by seven, and that sounds great. You know, so it's 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 a good it's a good size.
1: Yeah, I feel like everybody has owned that snare drum at some point. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, everybody absolutely. I saw, I made a point of not getting one because I was like, no, everybody else has one. I want something different. Uh, <laughs> Mm -hmm. But they are, they're, they're killer regardless of like, all right, it has the, the Slipknot logo on it or whatever. And it might, maybe that looks Mm -hmm. cheesy to some, but man, it's a, it's still a fucking ripper of a snare.
0: It is very good. Like I've, I've heard, I've heard people like use it live before. I'm like, oh man, this uh, sounds, this sounds great. You know, like, yeah. It's
1: just it's a, good, it's a good one. Yeah, man. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing fucking wrong with it. Just because it has a logo on it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, for sure. It's a signature
0: drum. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. If I had a signature drum, I'd fucking play it for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> so
1: when are you getting your signature drum? When's that happening, man? I want the uh, Ash Pearson signature yeah. Ash yeah. Ashwood at a. What Ashwood, would it <laughs> yeah, I
0: guess it'd have to be that, Hey, eh? I've never really ha- had an Ashwood snare, but I suppose I'd have to do that.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, you yeah. have to. I think it'd be great, yeah. man. Uh, we'll 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 talk to some people. We, wow. we got to make this happen. All right. You know that that's the
0: ex- <laughs> that's the exact kind of like a marketing device that that would uh, really you know uh, appeal to lots of different drum companies. You know, oh, They'd absolutely. Be like, ooh, ooh, I like that. Your name's Ash. Let's do an Ashwood snare. Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, exactly. Marketing is half of it these days, dude. Like it doesn't even matter what you, what your playing's like. It's just marketing. Uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah. There's some truth to that for sure. Sadly enough, there is. So Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of playing, man, you've been streaming on Twitch recently. Um, what, made you decide to get into uh into doing that and how's it going for you like uh are you enjoying it um how and uh like do you have like any kind of set schedule that you do or is it just kind of like a a casual thing
0: uh right now it's kind of casual i don't have a set schedule but i think i, sh- I need to get one but i'm also just uh i'm not i'm not quite there yet uh with having having a set you know as set schedule just like even in my in my everyday life so um i don't know why i got into it but i think it's just like i would i would hear something like you know blake from between the Barry of me was doing it and gene hoagland was doing it and then like more and more people were doing it and uh and yeah i don't that i was like okay well that's cool i guess i'll give it a try i mean i've done like a like drum clinics and stuff like that um and, you know, I figured it was just going to be a lot like a drum clinic and pretty much. Yeah, it is like just like a little more open, uh, open format type of thing. And um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. Uh, I'd like to do it more and I probably will get a chance to do it more, I think, in the fall. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it took, it, it's it, there's always a learning curve with it, um, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm definitely learning more uh I, as I go, and uh I think the last one I did uh last little episode thing I did was probably the best it ever sounded, so but even you know my sound's improving, I'm trying to improve the video and the lighting and all that shit too,
1: yeah, I know uh i I hopped on there <laughs> and definitely man it sounded sounded fantastic, and uh that uh that ride you got going on, man, oh my god, oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah. it's so dry and dusty, and I love it yeah I want yeah. yeah. <laughs> What, what Absolutely. kind of, what kind of ride is that?
0: It's a, it's a twenty twenty four 24 inch, uh, big and ugly ride. The Apollo version. Oh, nice. Yeah. So pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's just like, uh, I, I, I wanted it for it because I, I started practicing jazz, uh, in earnest, like, a, a, a maybe like a year or two ago. And, um, all the rides that I had were a little bit too, you know, pingy you know? Yeah. So yeah, that, that was really about it. So I, I, yeah, I want to get something dry and I'm sponsored by Sabian. And then I, 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 saw, um, I saw their, um, uh, that like their big and ugly line at, at, at NAMM, uh, mm. last year. Uh, so you know, that, that was when I had first had been exposed to it and I, yeah, I, I thought it was great. So, um, yeah, I just I, I hit him up. I just I, I got one, and I I love it. You know, it's um I, I won't always use it for all things or whatever, but um I kind of prefer for like metal and stuff like that my um twenty two inch AA Rock Ride. Oh yeah, is is, is like my main thing. Um, You're not a
1: like a power bell guy, eh?
0: No, no. no I, I mean, I I do have one and i and i have definitely used it on tours before but the uh for my money the aa rock ride 22 inch is is uh is like one of the be- one of the better rides out there um, cuz it does it does like one job it does it well but it's also very dynamic like the the bell has like real good ping to it and um and the uh the the bow the bow of it or whatever is is a, it's it's like a thick a thicker ride um and but the bell's not obnoxious you know and mm-hmm. uh you know i mean when Gene plays a mega bell it sounds amazing you know yeah. um and for for what he for what he does and everything but um i don't know i find again i find that that's the the word i keep coming back to is obnoxious a little bit um and i i don't mean like oh it's annoying i just mean it's definitely loud and it's definitely very present Um, But that's not always what I want out of a bell. You know what I mean? I kind of want it to be like a quick quick little loud, clear, and present ping. And then I'd like it to disappear after I'm done with it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and not ring on for like the next three bars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. And and, like just shred all your sticks. Uh, I found that um, in – well, it was more so before I switched to Los Cabos drumsticks. Because uh, those those things are the only sticks I've found that uh, can withstand the the power bell ride. Uh mm-hmm. but uh for the most part, man, if if you really dig in, those things will just destroy your sticks. You're just right just throwing money at it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're
0: not you're not wrong about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. I and I actually more recently uh picked up uh, an HH twenty inch. Um, rock ride. I think it's a rock oh, ride. Oh, um, nice, nice. Which is, yeah, because yeah, uh, I was playing uh, a lot more rock. I, I played for a, a death country band. So it's that Megabell ride. It's just, it literally was just obnoxious. Uh, it right. was just yeah, like yeah. way yeah. too much. Uh, like our guitar player played acoustic and uh, my girlfriend's, project is a kind of like a lighter rock type of stuff. So I was like, I, I need a new ride for this. Cause ride is like very present in the, in those genres as well. Uh, like just for feel wise and everything, sometimes a hi-hat's just a little too abrasive, um, to get the like proper feel for, um, that like softer rock type of style. Uh, so, i I needed a new ride and luckily a a friend of mine uh dylan gowan um was uh getting he was trying to sell one i was like dude i'll come over right now and pick it up and uh it's been beautiful uh everything i've tracked with it uh has has worked out amazing and i switched Mm -hmm. it back over to my metal stuff for right now but uh yeah yeah man um I mean, I, I, I love it. And I love having different rides. The longest time, man, I only had the power the Powerbell ride, and, and that was yeah. it, right? So, having great ride, yeah. having diversity in my symbols is key. Most of the time, it's like you buy a symbol. And you play it till it breaks, and then you buy another one, and you play it till it breaks. But having like I have a couple like extra symbols that like I they just sit there, and maybe I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll switch it up here or there, and and try out different symbols for different parts. And it's it's cool having having that to be able to go to rather than like these are my symbols and that is it, you know? Yeah, but for sure, definitely the uh, the 19 inch Holy Chinas always a part of the kit though
0: that's a great one that's a great one and yeah it's good to have options you know like you you know you you don't always want to practice like you know you won't want to practice rock and roll on a tiny jazz cocktail kit you know what i mean so you kind of need to have the right tool for the right job sometimes when it comes to drumming right
1: oh absolutely man yeah you got to uh just like i i don't like playing any rock stuff or anything on my big like like even just having two kick drums in front of me Mm -hmm. feels weird yeah right i'll tear down my entire kit and reset it up even though like it's the same physical drums you know and and somewhat same configuration ish uh it's just i need to tear it all down and set it up and just like get a new a new feeling you know bring a, a different type of life to to my drums before i sit behind it and to more so to like track or like play with other musicians if i just want to sit down and and play some stuff it's a little different, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, uh you also teach um, and you do some lessons for, for Drumeo. Um mm-hmm. That's, that seems to be more of a kind of casual thing for you, but right before the pandemic hit, you uh, recorded a really cool session with Alex Rudinger. Yep. Um, and, It was, uh, not only was the, the, the entire thing, uh, with Alex, um, um, like amazing to watch, but you guys kind of capped it all off by doing a double drum, uh, version of the Intronaut song pan gloss. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how did you guys, like, I, I, I know that you, uh, had filled in for, uh, intronaut uh for for one show and alex recorded their latest record right but um where did you guys come up with this idea to do this like double drum off kind of like taking turns and like it's it it was a really really interesting and and awesome thing to to watch Mm. really yeah 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 i mean
0: it's because it's funny like you know i i got home from a tour march 9th and i think you know it was announced that they were gonna like close the borders real soon and he came out and basically it was like you know it was announced that the borders were gonna close like uh, you know a week later whatever the hell and then he he was there for like five days type of thing so it was like we're really cutting it close um Mm -hmm. so that was the timing of that um just to give broader context uh but yeah i mean we did we did the um you know, we did the lesson together, uh, Mental Health for the Modern Drummer, and uh, I hosted that. And, um, you know, Alex played through some Whitechapel stuff and uh, that intronaut, some intronaut stuff that he did. Um, and he's, he's, you know, he's never played a show with them. Right. But he just he, he just recorded the record. Um, but uh, I had by then played a show with them and uh, and, and learned uh, three songs off their new record. So uh, and him and I are friends in general, um, even previous to this whole thing. So we just thought like, oh, hey, it might be a cool thing to do. Maybe we like both play it and like, or like what should we do? Should we try and play at the exact same time? It's like, well, instead of that, let's like, let's trade off and then in the middle because the middle is kind of like, it's not like it's simple, but like, it's like there's less notes going on. It's like a groovy part. Let's just like play at the exact same time there and the rest we'll just sub off and switch off. So like the night before we did that video, is when we sat down and worked out who was going to play what, when, you know, and, uh, (laughs) and we, and it was all done from memory. It's like, I just uh, like, there was like, you know, I didn't, nothing was written down. It was just like, okay, like, you know, uh, okay, we'll both play the first part together and then you'll do the verse and then I'll do the, you know, the, the other part of the verse. And then, know we'll trade off on the course and you know it it was just all verbal and we just like ran through it like a handful of times the night before and then just sort of did it the next day i mean you know but again like i like i knew the song or at least my version of it and uh and and he knew obviously knew it too so you know it came it came together pretty quick you know we just uh orchestrated the who was going to play what when and it, it, it worked out really really good I, I was I'm very proud of that video actually and I love I love that song I love his uh his drumming on that album as well
1: yeah it's incredible and the fact that you guys just worked it out the night before makes a lot of sense thinking about it because you can definitely see like there's a lot of eye contact, there's a lot of kind of like communication between both of you going from part to part. And it really, it looked like you guys were just jamming the song. Uh, And it it was very interesting how when you guys came together and would play together, you were Mm -hmm. so tight with each other, but Mm -hmm. there was still a groove in there, even though there's like two drummers playing at the same time you think it would like sound really weird and off but you both kind of like kept within the same groove and played with each other like it was it was goddamn fucking impressive man i was gonna say (laughs) that dude and it was it was sick to watch i've probably watched it like half dozen times at least by now but uh yeah man dude that, that was excellent and um alex's whole uh, session on on mental health and and mm. and going through all all that type of stuff like that mm. uh, that was a a big thing for me and I know me and uh, my my co host Derek who's not here uh, we've talked about it several times on the podcast and stuff how how uh, mental and mental health is a, a big part of playing um, and and uh, and how drumming can can be a a massive benefit um Mm -hmm. to all of that uh and having a guy Mm -hmm. like like alex um come out and do this whole uh whole like lesson on it and everything Mm -hmm. and and talk so openly about his uh his own things was uh just incredible to to see and like realize like okay you know like we're not all alone out here you know like we yeah. all we all deal with our shit and uh you know uh, even even some of the top of the top guys are you know still dealing with same mental stuff man we're you know we're we're all stuck in our own heads regardless like you can't get away from your own brain yeah. so very uh, true yeah man it's true it's just it's yeah. it's nice that uh, us as drummers have that outlet to to go to as well right and mm-hmm. we we have a kind of community in us here uh we're talking drums we're trying to build a community that that's safe for for these types of discussions and everything as well right uh definitely mm-hmm. like both me and Derek come from uh a metal background and everything so so most of the guys we have on here and most of the stuff we talk about is metal and and, and blast beats and stuff and sometimes there's some uh misconceptions about the type of people who play metal and and mm. everything like that and and some guys definitely have their their guards up kind of they don't like talking about um that type of stuff um cuz it's you know brings up an an emotional aspect of things right so mm. uh and you know it's all about fucking blast beats and and shit i don't know (laughs) but yeah you know like um it's difficult man i i myself i i definitely have some days where i sit down at the kit and it's fucking hard to to pick up the sticks and play you know yeah it's absolutely it's it's difficult even if i gotta get shit done i'm like fuck and uh and know alex mentioned about um uh just, okay, just go to your practice pad. Just, you know, like, mm-hmm. do this and that. And I've done this several times uh, more recently, and it it mm-hmm. helps big time. It helps just, like, get over that hurdle of mental exhaustion and, mm-hmm. and everything and, and brings you back to a place that uh, is creative and, and freeing of uh, mm-hmm. your mental blocks, man. So mm-hmm. um, it is... Is it something that you have had to, to deal with a lot, uh, throughout your career and stuff? Um, like any, any kind of, uh, uh, mental, uh, blocks or anything like that, uh, that has kind of affected your playing or, or does, does playing drums, um, benefit you in, in that type of way mentally?
0: Yeah. I mean, drums, uh, drums for me has always been a really great outlet for, uh, for like, you know, rage and stuff like that, which is like a, a natural, uh, human emotion. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're angry about anything like, you know, the state of the world or whatever the fuck, I mean, there's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. I, I, to me, I think it's, um, you know, we shouldn't necessarily repress, um, ourselves too much. Um, but I also don't think you should act out um, negative emotions in a negative way I think you need to have an outlet uh, to transmute those things into like a positive thing you know and that's what drums always has been for me so I, uh, I love them for that um, uh mental blocks or whatever you know I think there was like one tour where I I forgot how to play like a particular kind of blast beat and then I got like all up in my own head about it. And then eventually I just like, I uh, just relearned it. Like it was, it was really weird. It was kind of like a one time thing. Um, but that mm-hmm. did happen. Um, uh, yeah, it was, you know, uh, just like I was just playing, I ended up playing like downbeat blasts instead of like alternating blasts or whatever. It was like, I I had a problem playing an alt blast for some reason was I was getting all fucked up about it. I don't know why literally don't know why other than maybe like I, like I, I had an off night one night and didn't do it. And then I got it into my mind that like, uh, you know, you, you get like, uh, you get spooked or something like that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mm. definitely.
0: But then I got over that. And, um, I mean, other than that, like I, I hit like, you know, walls in my playing and stuff like that. And then I just try and like, take a step back and get back to the fundamentals um so then i usually try and like re re practice you know th- things that are simple um in nature uh like singles doubles and paradigms, and flams and and drags and short roll combinations and uh you know whatever pataflafas, all these <laughs> like just like just any anything that's in the in the sort of like the um you know the uh 40 essential rudiments like roughs, um, all this stuff and I try and just go through and play the simple stuff at a high level. And then, um, and then I also go and try and learn like new patterns, like Latin patterns and whatever, um, even without like necessarily going down the pathway of being a, a Latin drummer through and through. I, I, I still try and, uh, you know, open up my mind to a new idea and a a new sort of type of coordination. And then I find that that is a refreshing thing. And then also like learning other people's songs that I'm a big fan of, too, because like, you know, I have an emotional connection to the music. And then I, uh, you know, I sit and try and figure it out and then I become a better player for it. Right. Because I learn a new trick.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like like you're trying to get into the head of some of your favorite Um, players right yeah, so exactly yeah and then you you harness some of their energy to put into your mm-hmm. own music yeah yeah man yeah exactly yeah definitely man and like i i recently have kind of kind of hit a uh a, a weird a weird block that i'm trying to get past so like i i started taking lessons with a good friend of mine, and uh like he just like sat me down is like we're going to do subdivisions man like mm-hmm. this is this is yeah. where we're starting whatever next week we're going to work on our doubles and like literally like each week is kind of planned out mm-hmm. to to yes. just get back to the basics and you know and and start at super low tempos and uh, yeah. even even just like that one drum lesson has helped like big time just like again like just with my mental uh It's like the way I think about drumming now, you know, Mm -hmm. like uh, drumming to me anyways is like 80% mental Um, and just like how, like how you think about it. And like, you can literally like act out all your parts in your brain and then it's just like, okay, now do that 20% of fucking hard work and get that muscle memory and everything in there and and you're good to go. But uh, yeah man so i i totally feel you on that like bringing everything back to the basics to to break past these these barriers sometimes if it's if you just keep on the same path and keep trying to like push through these walls and without mm-hmm. taking a step back and then like fucking running at it you know then right. they you're, yeah you're just gonna keep pushing on it rather than actually breaking through it so yeah dude um That's true yeah, man. Oh, honestly, man, this has been a been a super fun chat here, man. I uh, you yeah. know, it seems like we're we're running out of time here, but I had one last question for you. Yes, please. What is it like playing in a one piece Spider Man costume on stage?
0: Uh, yeah, um, it's uh, not as difficult as you'd think. Um, I mean, wearing in the mask, the whole, the whole Halloween show was, um, uh, you know, I don't think I could see as, as much as I wanted. And it's like half, half the time I would just probably close my eyes anyways. I mean, other than like, uh, you know, like playing, playing with like restricted airflow, uh, you know, you just kind of like, got to like breathe and concentrate your way through. I don't know how the Slipknot guys do it or any, any of that kind of stuff, but, uh, probably lots of fans and, and whatever. They probably got a good cooling system for each one of them. Uh, but yeah, man, I just, I couldn't see much. And I was just like, okay, obscured vision, restricted airflow, let's go, you know? And it actually was a great show.
1: Dude, it was a killer show. Uh, oh, right, uh, You
0: were at that show cause you're right. Yeah. I was there, yeah, man. I was not right. expecting
1: it at all. And you guys yeah. all came out in, spider-man costumes and honestly man (laughs) that that was probably the night i fucking fell in love with revocation just seeing that and you guys fucking slayed it and i've I've seen you guys like several times but that show is i don't know uh i I think the opera has just had the sound dialed in because it i've never heard it sound that good that that venue and you guys it's a
0: great great venue
1: yeah Yeah. you guys fucking crushed it and uh (laughs) Thanks, that was thanks. like the, the funniest shit I've ever seen. And I was just like blown away. Everybody.
0: <laughs> like, I love that. It, it was, it was a good goof. Dave's like Spider-Man. He's like, okay. He's like, uh, he's like, I want to introduce the rest of the Avengers. We got like, you know, whatever the incredible Hulk. And then I come out, I'm in Spider-Man costume. And it's just like a great big com- miscommunication amongst all of us, you know? Yeah. And we're like, okay, I guess we're all Spider-Man. Like that's the goof. And it was real funny. And then our, uh, our lighting guy, uh, merch guy, Power Dave, he came out with like, we, we bought a giant spider as well. I don't know if you remember that, but he came out and he, he's like, he had a giant spider like taped to his back. And, uh, oh, yeah. and, uh, we're like, we're like, what the hell are you? He's like, he's like, he's like, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 we're like, we're like, that's like, first of all that's you're more like man spider it's like and and second of all i was supposed to be spider-man and the rest of you guys got it all wrong you know what i mean it was uh i don't know (laughs) it was really stupid but it was like so fun actually to play so yeah it was uh not as not as difficult as you think to play in a spider-man costume but thanks for asking i really appreciate that
1: yeah man i i just uh I need. I, I. find I need my vision. I like to see, and uh, that oh, restriction, yeah. mm. like on the face. I don't know, man. Like uh, mm. I'm not overly claustrophobic, but like on stage, like that, I. I could see that being. Uh, being difficult, but you guys all <laughs> cut. You cut the hands off all of them right so i think i remember yes. that like playing guitar with that would not work yeah. at all so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's for sure <laughs> it made for a killer show man and i think yeah i think everybody really like showed up that night um because it was halloween and and really fucking went all out uh I, did you dress up i didn't no man no god no no you didn't dress up for halloween <laughs> No, I didn't dress up for Halloween. Oh, uh, uh,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah was, I know. Uh, it was a good time. You're
1: judging me. I get it. It's fine.
0: It's okay. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Dan, our guitarist, Dan, he doesn't really like Halloween. You know, he doesn't like it. really took a lot of um, uh, convincing to get him to even, like, dress up with us in the first place.
1: Yeah, I dude. Honestly, yeah, I get ridiculed cool for it a lot, but I don't like Halloween. Oh yeah, and yeah. everyone's like, "But you're like a fucking metalhead. Everybody in the yeah, scene yeah, yeah. loves Halloween. Like, what's wrong with you?" I'm like, "I just, I do, I'm not a big holiday guy, man. Mm-hmm. I don't like holidays. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I just don't. I feel like there's too, there's too much pressure. And maybe it's like something mentally, you know, that I got going mm-hmm. on. But there's too much mm-hmm. pressure to like, you have to do this, and I'm like." I don't like people telling me what to do. Maybe it's my <laughs> my like punk rock roots. Yeah. Like I just like I don't like being told that I have to do a specific thing on a specific day. Like hey, just I can I
0: can really I can really appreciate that. I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like being told what to do either, you know. So I'm like, no, fuck you. I, I'm not gonna dress up.
1: Yeah, you know? I'll dress up on a random day in fucking July. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll dress up tomorrow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh yeah yeah. (laughs) exactly (laughs) Uh, but as far as like a band thing goes like you gotta play ball man if you're on tour and you're you're a unit like you you just gotta do it um right and it makes for a killer show and a unique experience for the audience that night man because like like i said man like that was the night like i was i was a diehard revocation fan after that after watching that and i was like all right man i went probably next like three, four days, like just nonstop listening to your record. Cause that like blew me away and it was hilarious. And it was, you guys killed it too. So how <laughs> you come out and like sucked then? All right. It wouldn't have been that great, but you guys were fucking right. on it. So yeah, it no, worked out really it. well. It yeah, it, good. Thank you very much. No problem, man. Yeah. And thank you for coming on the show, man. Uh, it's been fucking hella fun. Um before we take off, uh do you want to throw out any socials, uh anywhere like uh people can find you, your Twitch channel, anything like that?
0: Yep, sure. My uh my Twitch channel is Ash Pearson Drums, so twitch.tv slash ash Pearson Drums, I think. My Instagram uh handle, that's the thing I'm most active on, is uh Ash Revocation. Ash underscore revocation, I think it is, and um I also run a Don Caballero fan page as well. Um, uh, Just called Don Caballero fan page and uh, on, on Instagram and we got a YouTube channel, uh, Don Caballero official. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't play drums in that band. It's just like uh, one of my favorite bands of all time and one of my favorite drummers of all time. And uh, you know, they sort of stopped being a band a long time ago, but um, you know, I feel like not enough people know about them. So with the help of the actual drummer himself, uh, we're kind of like curating content for the page. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's another one I'm really uh, passionate about as well. So those ones.
1: That's awesome, man. I'll have to check that out and toss all those links in the show notes. Uh, Yes, please. (laughs) Excellent dude. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been (laughs) fucking awesome chatting and uh, Very, very good. Very good to meet you, man. And talk to you. Yeah, man, you too. Yeah. I can't wait till uh, tours start back up again. And, uh, you know, we'll get to hang out in, in Toronto mm-hmm. or Vancouver or yeah. wherever it may be.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, buddy. All right, thanks for having me on. We're talking drums. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know fire us a message, and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time.